listening to the new blurt we acknowledge the first nations peoples of this land the traditional custodians and pay our respects to the elders past present and future we recognize the ongoing impacts of colonization and the importance of a voice to parliament to ensure the sovereignty and self-determination of first nation peoples is respected and upheld we commit to working together towards a just and equitable future for all australians you are about to hear an interview with Dan Illich from Irrational Fear. We spoke about many things. Russell Crowe's emceeing and Dan's comedy festival tour up and down the uh, east coast of Australia. And I think there were some Adelaide uh, um, trips in there as well. Just sit back and relax. Enjoy Dan Illich. On green there, done that. Instant. But these fires are certainly not a function of climate change, they're just a function of life in Australia. Why would a scientist want to change people's vote? I mean, this, this is, you saw the spin over the past week as they drip fed. The report that came the, out last month, which found a one in four Americans, is sceptical. It's done that on the new blurb with Wincy and the Kicks. Good evening, Dan. G'day. How are you, fellas? Good Hello. to be with you. Glad to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's always good to be back. It's good to be somewhere. <laughs> it's always good to be somewhere. I, I see you've taken over the CEO role of um, Qantas. Well, someone has to, don't they? I mean, <laughs> podcasts don't make themselves, so. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've got to fund the show somehow. Can we get some yeah. uh, cheap tickets or free tickets, please, then? <laughs> Let me think about that. I'll, I'll, I'll forward you to my chief of operations officer and okay. they'll, they'll deal with it. It's not more Excellent. of a, it's not a me question. It's not a me question. <laughs> <laughs> so, a great, story, great story out of Korea um, this week where uh, a, a, a guy who had just been made redundant from the cops um, had, was suffering a bit of PTSD, a bit of stress, and he got up and as the plane was landing in Korea, opened the... Um, emergency door and the, the whole back of the plane was treated to gusts of wind as the plane was landing and uh, I I think that's a good thing I think that's you know if, if, if you're feeling anxious and trapped on a plane just get out you know yep. at any at any height um, he said to the cops that he was feeling suffocated and I'm like I appreciate it. I understand where you're coming from you know if you need to get out just get out because no one wants you there no one wants a, a someone down in the dumps on their flight you know the, you know if you're feeling a bit you know a bit off just get out at any yeah. point yeah treat it the same way as my dad used to treat me when he took us on car rides if you don't like it I, I can leave you off here yep. and you can, you can walk, walk home from here. Yeah. yeah, I do that to my kids now, even though they're late teens. Still oh, do it. Gonna, how, how do they go? How do they cope with it? Uh, they just will start behaving either way. It works. It still <laughs> right. works. There you go. Well, uh, parenting tricks uh, for the ages. So, Dan, since we uh, saw you last, I think you've pretty much been uh, all over the east uh, coast, I believe. You've been right up to Brisbane, obviously down to Melbourne with the Comfest. Um, in all the different uh, states. Um, how, did, how did it all go in the end, uh, doing a rational fit? Great. Uh, look, oh, great shows. Brisbane was really fun. Adelaide was great. And then Melbourne was Melbourne was really good. Melbourne was a great show. We had, had a great time. So it was, um, you know, 
look, we lost a lot of money in Adelaide. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but um, we almost made that Adelaide. money up in Melbourne. Almost made that money up in Melbourne. But Brisbane was a very profitable show, so it was fine. It was absolutely fine. I really, really wanted to go to the Brisbane, but had um, some work that night, so I couldn't really attend, which was a shame. Oh, that's okay. It was a great Next show. Time. It was really, really fun. 90 minutes of doing comedy about science and, um, and climate change and, uh, and gas. It was just great fun. It was really interesting. The people at the, the World uh, Science Week were like, it's amazing. You know, when we booked this show, we didn't know if you could do a comedy show um, about science for 90 minutes, but um, it was pretty good. So yeah. they really liked it. So hopefully we'll get booked again for next year. Yeah. Did you tell them, have you ever listened to Irrational Fear? <laughs> well, they definitely knew of the show. They definitely yeah. They definitely did their homework. And I think somebody in their office is a is a listener. And so mm. anytime we would forward promote the show, they would tell them, they'll go, Oh, Dan's already Dan's given us another plug. Yes, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's I uh, I heard that uh, pod that's what actually it's right up in the echelon of your irrational fear shows, that particular one. Um the guests were magnificent. The um it I think was you had so someone good. on <clears throat> Yeah, I think you had someone that was discovering planets, is that right? Yeah, we had a um, we had a a person who who runs the exoplanet library at NASA. Um, so Jeez. you know that's, <laughs> that's good. Get good. good get. Guess, we got some pretty good guests. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, also, I remember. I don't know if it's the same show, but I was listening, catching up on on gossip as it as it were, and I believe that you did, were you MC at Russell Crowe's. You had some sort of gig. Are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah, I mean, Russell's touring the country, so you know he's got he's got gigs everywhere. But he invited me to MC a couple of shows, and he said, "Oh, just pick some dates, and you know whatever dates you can do, come and do them." I said, "Well, I'll do the Sydney dates because I'll be in Sydney. I couldn't do initially couldn't do the ones coming up now because um I was due to have surgery, but I caught." That surgery has been pushed back to to September because at Russell's gig, I think I caught COVID, uh, oh, and so, uh, my surgery has been pushed way back. Wow! <laughs> but it's great. No, I I emceed yeah I emceed a couple of gigs at the Bridge Hotel in in Sydney for Russell. Hmm. It was great. He pulled some incredible acts, like a couple of Irish acts I'd never heard of before. They were fantastic. A, a cool young band from Maroubra got up and did. Hmm. Did some stuff. They're really great, um, and then Russell and his band were really wonderful too. So it was really great to uh, meet the great man, have a little chat with him, and um, yeah, do some old jokes in front of a new audience, and uh, and do some Russell bespoke gear as well, which is also fun. So yeah, that was really really weird. I'm pretty sure I caught COVID smoking a spliff with Rizza backstage. That's what uh, that's the story I'm going with. Rizza from the Wu Tang Clan turned up. And, and some shenanigans happened upstairs. And I'm pretty sure there are too many people to have a COVID safe after party upstairs. And I'm pretty sure that's how I call it. Ah. <laughs> well, if you if you got it that way, that is a fantastic story to tell your kids in um, years to come. Yeah. Russell who? <laughs> <laughs> I remember COVID though. <laughs> you, yeah. never bang on, you never stop banging on about it, Dad. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. COVID. Oh, you said... Oh, we always talk about how COVID was bad. Yeah, but what about the AI wars of 2043? Completely, yeah, yeah, completely exactly. blew up our whole town. Yeah, you talk about COVID. 
I would have thought the AI wars would be like 2028 20, or 30, even sooner. I reckon they'll be taking over the world pretty soon. You're probably right. Yeah. Um, one of the yes, one of the things I wanted, I was curious about. Do you do you enjoy doing live gigs, or do you prefer like like, like that emceeing and comedy, or do you prefer doing podcasting? Uh, oh, I love the live stuff. Like it's, it's mm. best. You know, I um, I love it. It's great. It's great fun. Uh, you came to our Melbourne show. You had a good time, didn't you? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> It was really good. Yeah, yeah I tried good. to build a tried to build like a like a really fun environment for the audience. And um, something about live is so special because you can see the audience in the eye. You can pull them all together. You can emceeing live is a really fun experience. And I don't mind. Some people hate the MC job. I love the MC job because you get to build you get to build the night. You are like you're like the, the captain of the ship, and you're kind of. Um, shepherding people through an experience you're letting them know what's coming up you're making them feel good making them making the audience hopefully participate in a way that is great for the other performers um yeah so i yeah i love it it's, it's really great like it's a it's a real fun um experience and when we do a rational fear i always try and build the shows in a way that is similar like it, it, mm. it can start strong has good bits has mm. a serious bit and it can end strong and then make people feel really good at the end and leave people if you can leave people on a high and make them feel good at the end of the show and as they as they leave they say gee that was a good show then that's mm. that's a good, that's a good job done so there's a bit of art there's a bit of a dark art to creating those kind of environments and um i've been doing it for years so it's um it's a real joy it's a real joy and there's Speaking of AI, I was having this conversation with uh, Rupert Dagas today, who does a lot of the voiceovers on our show. Mm. And I said, you know, that emceeing live is a real skill that AI won't be able to replicate anytime soon. No. You'll, Have you yeah. used ChatGPT for some of the material just to get you oh, started? Oh, let me tell you. I, yes, I, I use ChatGPT all the time now. It's an indispensable part of my workflow. And mainly, particularly if I'm doing corporate work and I don't mm. have any brain space uh, to think of actual jokes that will get rejected. So ChatGPT yeah, yeah. is your list of wonderful jokes that are completely safe that no brand will ever it will, it will let it say go fuck off too. Um, so yeah, it's great. Yeah. So yes, I, I use Jack. We're we're a big user on it here sometimes too. When we when I remember at least I try to. Of course. But even even for work, I know Kexter uses it for his work, and because we both work in IT, so I know it's definitely really advantageous for that. Oh right. Um, do, you, yeah. do you guys um, have automated responses like? Uh, on the text line, do you have use ChatGPT to say press the any key? <laughs> Where's that? Have you Where's tried that? restarting? <laughs> Is it plugged in? We've said that about this show quite a few times. I'll tell you, the tech we've been having the last few weeks. Oh my god! Um, I don't know if Bloody the internet is getting worse or yeah, everyone using been... ChatGPT. It's probably what yeah, it is. could be. But um, could be. One thing I did want to ask i think uh, just recently uh you produced um a video for megan davis for the yes campaign how did you did they did they come to you or like do you know people in the campaign are you part of the campaign no i'm not part of the campaign but that is a uh, a great piece that i've made for uh unsw center for ideas it's called 10 minute genius over the last couple of years i've made two series of this show where um, this, the UNSW's superstar academics boil down an idea, a complex idea in under 10 minutes. And um, the idea is you, you 
you learn something from a genius in under 10 minutes. So I kind of created this show for them and, and shot so many shot and produced and directed so many of these kind of wonderful um, clips that are all online on, on YouTube um, with superstar academics. Megan Davis is just one of them. So Megan, we went back and forth with her office, trying to get her in a, in a studio in Sydney. We just couldn't kind of do it. And we ended up shooting in a garage in, in Brisbane uh, on a green screen and we didn't even have an auto cue for her and she just riffed this incredible eloquent piece on the voice and treaty, uh, you know, sold me and is out. It's the most, all the others are completely overproduced, but this one was the most underproduced video, but because Megan is such a star, it has the most traction. And, Mm. uh, if ever you are confused or or want to kind of know more about the voice in a really way, that video is a really good example of something to watch. Megan Davis video. Um, uh, if you if you if you search for Megan Davis, ten minute genius, you'll mm-hmm. you'll come across it, and it's, it's well worth the time. It's well worth the eight minutes, I think, um, mm. to have a, have a listen and kind of we'll, distill distill what the voice is all about. We'll have to put that on in our show notes for next week for this podcast. So yeah, do it. It's great. It's, it's wonderful. It's quite moving as well. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, are you winning? Is the climate winning yet? Are you winning yet? Are we? Is Albo <laughs> being the saviour? I'm assuming all these answers are no, but I thought uh, I'd ask. Uh, I think you'll it's find, Kegster, I think you'll find that um, uh, since Albo got in, climate change no longer exists. Um, certainly uh, in Albo's mind, it no longer exists. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, we're not, no, we're not winning. No, it's all... Uh, Unfortunately, the major parties are still in power and uh, as many people who listen to this podcast and listen to my podcast know that the major parties are beholden to the fossil fuel industry and, yes. of course, the fossil fuel industry are still very much having their way. I was just donations, donations, some... donations. Got to well, stop yeah, that. I, mean, <laughs> I, was, I was just looking at some old... I'm going to be recording a couple of videos <clears throat> for the Irrational Fear Feed tomorrow. And I was looking at the old script for um, the secrecy show we did at Festival of Dangerous Ideas last year, which was such a great show as well. And it got down to the point where we're talking about Witness J. And Witness J blew the whistle on, oh, Witness J, we don't know why Witness J is in jail. Witness K, sorry. Witness K blew the whistle on the East Timorese um, deal, which got torn up in 2004 at The Hague. and so they blew the whistle. The thing happened in 2004. It went all the way to The Hague. The deal got torn up and then it got renegotiated. Um, but it wasn't until 2014 when Morrison was in power that Witness K actually went to trial and and the whole thing was done in secret like a decade later. It's, mm. So if ever you were wondering just how much power the fossil fuel companies have in this country, that is a really prime example that – they're, as soon as a sympathetic government is in power, they're not willing. They're, they're quite willing to use all of Australia's secrecy laws to bust people who upset them when they're trying to negotiate a deal um, using spy tactics. So yeah, it's pretty um, pretty wild stuff. Um, so yeah, we are beholden to the fossil fuel industry. They're still in power, uh, and they they could be for another two years until we can upset Labor's minority and put some green. Mm and or independent climate independence in yeah yeah totally agree with that and hopefully that happens (laughs) yeah it's kind of a weird period right now where where it's hard to kind of get angry or motivated about it because it's still two years to go (laughs) 
Mm. So, yeah. your your thoughts on the teals, uh, Dan? How, how do you think um, they're they're doing in there at the moment? I mean, we obviously so many people voted for them over the um, Liberal candidates at the time. Mainly, um, that's who they replaced. Are they doing? Are they sort of down the? They're, um... they're using their power really well. They're like they've managed to kind of get a lot of concessions on things. They've managed to get better legislation. They managed to pump up climate legislation where it hasn't been. They managed to uh, uh, really go into bat for um, job seeker uh, increases. So, that, I mean, there's, mm. there's so much power that they have there. And when they're all speaking, um, not all of them are aligned on the same things, um, like like uh, the tax cuts and stuff like that. I know, I know a few of them are unaligned on that. Um, but when they're yeah, out... say a lot about that. Uh, well, certainly in my electorate, uh, yeah, Allegra okay. Spender isn't isn't against the the, the tax cuts. Mm. <laughs> um, so there's 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 really I think it's such a really interesting mix in the parliament. And it, and what's interesting is that there's they've they've all single handedly well with the six new ones they've brought um, uh, gender parity to the um, uh, well. There's mm. now more women than men in. Um, in parliament which is amazing so uh anyway i think it's i think it's kind of yeah it's kind of interesting yeah and not just the teals independence but i think david pocock has also done quite amazing things oh yeah david, uh, in the david, last few david months. such a great such a great um voice to have particularly when it comes to um poor people climate yeah um and really sensible policy. Like he's, he's the guy in the Senate that's calling bullshit on a lot of stuff. He's probably yeah. the hardest working senator because he has and to he, he does it in a calm voice as well. He, he, he doesn't re, um, uh, rely on outspeaking or talking over other people. He, he just says it in a nice, calm way because that's the way he's like. That's, he just, that's who he is. He's, yeah. David Polk is a very boring personality. <laughs> <laughs> But he gets the very job big done. Hand. Very big yeah. hand. Yes, very big hands. Very true. Very, very true. I, I reckon he'd be my favourite uh, minister, though. Anytime you hear him speak on, I mean, he's a little bit monotone, but anytime you hear him speak on any sort of panel program. David Pocock, he, he's very good. Oh, and he, the, one thing about Pocock uh, is that he does his homework and mm. he has to because he's an independent. And so yeah. um, if you're not an independent, you don't have to work as hard as as the independence, that's for sure. You don't have to be mm. across the detail and everything, but um, David, David's across it. He does the work so he can be a voice and, and call that bullshit when it's bullshit. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you're talking about your Melbourne show before, and I remember in that show, I think you gave away uh, a sign. Um, uh, Tim Smith, in front of Tim Smith, is that right? We didn't give away a sign. Um, the right. we auctioned it off for charity. <laughs> uh, ah, right, okay, okay. right. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was it was a piece of fence that um, uh, there was a MP in Victoria, Tim Tim Smith. He drove drunk through a fence, um, and uh, spent a lot of time kind of obfuscating the fact he did it, which you know. You know, he very much did. He never. He kind of took his time resigning after a lot of pressure. He resigned, um, and it was this kind of big scandal in Victoria. And uh, the owners of the house 
where Tim Smith, which Tim Smith crashed into, put up this temporary fence from Bunnings, and someone went along and and hand drew the word Chappaquiddick across the fence, echoing the uh, the infamous moment when when Ted Kennedy got away with murder in Martha's Vineyard. There was a whole big scandal there. So this is like uh, it was clearly a different bad taste joke on. Mm. Uh, on, on at a very different scale, no one died in this. The guy who drove the fence drunk, um, but someone knows their history. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Anyway, so the owners of the fence reached out and they said, "Hey, we want to do something with this fence, but we we want to auction it off for charity, but we don't know how." And I was like, "Well." I've got a show that needs 15 minutes to fill. I've got a great idea of how to do it. I'll get the fence, get the Chappaquiddy bit framed and shoot it in a beautiful way. My friend Brett in Melbourne went over to their house and did all the work for me, <laughs> shot this beautiful sign, uh, sent me the footage. I cut it up into this ad and wrote this sketch um, like the Franklin Mint um, to <laughs> tell, tell this 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 sign uh, and it was a great sketch that I thought was really really funny and I voiced it and then I was like you know what this voice could be better and the only person to make this better would be Tony Martin so I emailed Tony Martin and I asked Tony Martin if he could voice it and he said I hate Tim Smith it would be my honour <laughs> um, I can imagine was, Tony saying that too <laughs> well Tony Tony was one of the people that was always tweeting for Tim Smith to resign. Um, so it was a real kind of nice uh, synchronous moment where Tony lent his voice to the sketch. We published the sketch uh, and we launched the eBay campaign with the sketch and everything mm. on that night that you came Kegstar. And, um, and that night I think was on the, on the channel nine news on the six o'clock bulletin, which was yeah, amazing. Right. Um, nice. So that was, yeah, that was really, really wild that that, that happened. Um, and, and, and what was the charity and, and how much was it in the end that we it raised, was for? Uh, the charity was the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre and we raised $3,700. So no, oh, that's no, fantastic. Ooh, that's great. Pretty, pretty good, yeah. Pretty good for a, um, for a, just a real funny joke. So, yeah. Sometimes comedy uh, can do good too. <laughs> yes, yes. Quite often it can't, can't it? Speaking of comedy, um, I was listening to you on Monga Bay podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just came across it and I just thought, oh, I'll give it a listen and realise you were on it. But you mentioned in there that, um, and we, we don't care if this is said here in, on our podcast, but um, you can't say fuck to Americans. Why no, that? well, that was bleeped out. You can't say cunt to Americans. Uh, is that the word? <laughs> oh, I thought it was a fuck word. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, <laughs> we don't bleep that stuff. Fuck is fine, but, yeah, can't say the C word. No, they, don't, uh, they hate the C word. And I just did it because he was sitting here and um, yeah. it was very fun. Yeah. He's a recent Australian, is he? American? He's, but yeah, he's new. Lived. He's moved here. Yeah, he's um, he's. Yeah. he's I think his wife got a job at um, University of New South Wales mm -hmm. or University of Sydney, and so he got to come out with her. And um, yeah. yeah, I might have to listen to that podcast. Um, we do reviews of other people's podcasts, so yeah, might have to listen to that. And, oh my goodness, how scary! Yeah. yeah, it is. Yes, we're very critical here. <laughs> Although we've never reviewed a bad one, have we? 
Five stars, everything. Five stars. Everyone's five stars, pretty much. Otherwise, why would we listen to it? <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, Dan, what's next? You're a busy man. What's next? Uh, I don't know. Just um, taking a bit of a break because I thought I was going to have surgery. Um, yeah, I remember. And, yeah. and I got to move house. So that's never fun. Hopefully, we'll be back on the podcast June eight. So I've taken take took I took May off because I'm so exhausted from all of Confest. the touring. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and COVID. Oh, and COVID last week. Yep. Um. So is that first time COVID or was that? Is that first time COVID or? It's my second, second time COVID. Yep. Second. second. Time. It, yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a, five vaxes in me, but I still got COVID. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, we're, we've got our millionth episode coming up in September. So I'm trying to either do a big live show in Sydney for it or do a, a big live show on the Torres, on Thursday Island in the Torres Strait. Oh, so awesome. we want to get um, Yessie Mosby and a couple other folks who've done the show before uh, lots of First Nations folks and kind of do a, a big kind of First Nations, uh, have all the First Nations guests and do a show about the voice and, and climate change. Um, you, you, up, did, up, you did yeah. say millionth episode. Sorry, millionth download. Millionth yeah, download. that makes more sense. <laughs> 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 Jeez, have you been around that long that you've made a million episodes? Well, you know, if you're, on the, if, you're on the, if you're on the ABC or you're on Listener, you kind of get a million downloads in like uh, six months or something. But it's taken us ten years. It's not bad until you start comparing. That's, that's, yeah, that's true. when it gets bad. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that, that's it. I think you – didn't you compare yourself to Michelle Laurie, I believe it was? And that's oh, yeah, Michelle Laurie got that. Michelle, Michelle Laurie put a post up saying, I don't know what this means, but 64 million is that a lot? No, shut up, Michelle. <laughs> oh, mate, whatever. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I love Michelle. She's a friend of mine. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, I, I do absolutely realize that. But that's what commercial, I mean, when you can get into the commercial side of things, um, that's what it does for you, basically. Mm. You, get, you can get that notoriety. Yeah, it turns out, turns yeah. out, it turns out a, uh, a show about climate change isn't exactly um, uh, a, a popular category. <laughs> no, maybe not, but hopefully you sleep better. I do, yeah. And yeah, look, it pays the bills and it's really fun. Like um, we get to talk with great people like yourself. Yeah, and, and others, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good show. It's, it's interesting. Uh, my other half's doing a... Um, what they call a Masters of Business Empathy at the moment. I don't know if you've heard of that wow. course at all, Dan. But um, it's all about leaders of the future and it's very, it has a huge climate change angle, so much so that uh, Richie Merzian is in the course. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Richie, great. I, I was meant to see him on Saturday night, but um, I um, had COVID. Oh, you can, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can chat to him about it next time you talk to him. But it's, um, but where's, it's, your partner, yeah. where's your partner doing that course through? Who's the, who's the, uh, who's the it? company's called Small Giants. Okay. And, um, hmm. yeah, no, well, they're, they're, I think they're backed by the Liebermans in, um, in Melbourne. Okay. Um, right. Which is, uh, and they have like a philanthropic arm, as it were. Okay. And right. so <clears throat> that's what they've been, um, putting their time into, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 
as all I was trying to all I was trying to say was uh, was that the ethical uh, sort of stances that you're taking, uh, obviously, we need to. <laughs> um, and you know, just seeing Bob Brown's uh, latest movie. Have you have you seen his latest one, The Giants? I haven't. No, this is about um, the Franklin. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty sensational, actually. I think. Um, I mean, obviously, it's 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 sad as well, but um, it's about um, Bob and how he became a protester and yeah. how he still is one at seventy. Because you, you, I mean, you call yourself an activist. So you've got, you've gone out there, obviously, and actively protested, not just billboards, etc. But you've physically gone out there, have you? Uh, it's I don't call myself an activist, but uh, other people are happy to throw that <laughs> label upon me. They, they do, don't they? With abandon, with wild abandon, yeah. I've heard it many times. That's it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't call myself, but but you know, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't stop what people. You can't bloody change what people want to call you. So it's true. Um, uh, National Reconciliation Week. Is there uh, anything you're following on that this week? Uh, with the no. coming up, or no, we've got haven't got a show. So yeah, we're. Kind of not, nothing, nothing planned, but yeah. I'm sorry if that helps. Does that help? No. <laughs> uh, we 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 only only just remembered this week that it was National Reconciliation Week. So, well, but... we've had, with a rational with a rational fear, we've got something nice which is tied to the Patreon. So, we pay the rent with our Patreon, and any kind of money we receive, big chunks of money, we do like a five percent fee from patreon to first nations groups um like uh we pay the rent to seed mob and indigenous x so we we take that five percent and distribute amongst those groups so we kind of have it in our system so it's kind of like a, a week and we try to platform lots of aboriginal voices as well we had craig quarterman on a couple weeks ago and uh and other He's folks throughout the week my mum my mum sent me a text <laughs> i sent it to craig because i thought it was very funny uh, my mum sent me a text saying just listened to may 15's irrational fear looked up craig quatermain for my own comedy education seems like a quote nice end quote fellow like you heart emoji and i was like i'm pr-, and i had to call mum i was like mum what did you mean by nice um, <laughs> he just seems nice. Seems like a nice young man like you. So I sent it to uh, Craig. I said I checked with Mum. She didn't mean to put "nice" in quotation marks. And Craig, what Quarterman replied with like five laughing emojis. He said it should be "seems" in quotation marks. Because <laughs> that makes it better. It's like when you say, "Yeah, everything's fine." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no, great. It's great. So we. Ho- I mean, I hope. Um, for National Reconciliation Week, we're not doing anything specific, specific this week, but we've got these inbuilt systems that you know we do pay the rent. But also, heading into the Voice, we want to platform um, lots of Aboriginal people as we and Torres Strait Islander people, First Nations folks, as we head into um, October, which is going to be crunch month for the Voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's interesting in itself because I thought it was actually meant to be done in August, so it looks like it's been delayed then. I think I think they just needed a bit more time to ramp up. So yeah, it's August is pretty soon, but I think October. Yeah, good. no, I agree. Yeah, I agree absolutely. Yeah. I hundred percent agree with that. Uh, look, uh, Dan, 
always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for your time tonight. Um, no worries. And uh, we will see you uh, probably in 25 episodes time, maybe. <laughs> is this, is this, uh, am I on? Am I? Have you been every 25 episodes? Is, what is this? What happens? <laughs> I, I, I can I, I can put a repeat booking in here, so I can do that. <laughs> Great. How many? Um, you're up to 100 and something now, aren't you? Aren't you? 125 now. Oh my God! You are. You're gonna. Not, you're, not, gonna you're gonna lap a rational fear. You're gonna be that many episodes in. Yes, but we're not lapping the downloads. So, yeah, you know. yeah. Still need to add a few more zeros to ours, but we'll get there. <laughs> yes, we, Look, do. we do. Uh, you know, feel free to take a month off like I've just done. It's, it's really good for you, man. <laughs> I Tempting. can imagine that totally. I can imagine that totally. Again, thank you so much. Yeah, and thanks uh, again. we'll talk to you soon. Good Always to be with you. Bye. All right. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Did you know a single blood donation could save up to three lives? Be the lifeblood of Australia. Join us and search Give Blood to book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. Give blood. The new blurb is brought to you by Wensi and Kickstar, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, it's uh, blurtstar at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off the Grass Productions, brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.